Welcome to the Memorial Sermon Podcast. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your walk with God and drive you closer to Jesus. For more information about our church, visit mbcmetairie.org. Now, here's this week's message. All right. Well, if you got your Bible, I want you to turn with me this morning, not to the book of Acts. I want you to turn with me to the book of Psalms. We're going to be in the book of Psalms 138, verses 1 through 3. Take a break from our Acts series to to just pause and and talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you were able to grab a set of notes on your way in. If you're joining with us online, I want to encourage you. You can go to our website, nbcmetairie.org, and you can grab your notes offline. We actually have the the filled out notes uh, there as well. If you're joining with us online, like Ms. Rachel mentioned earlier, we would love it if you gave us a, a, a thumbs up and commented. We'd love to hear where you're watching from, and uh, whether that be your living room or whether that be the other side of the world, let us know where you're watching from so we can connect with you. Today, we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving and the different parts of that. Now, before I, I really dive into that, uh, did y'all hear this past week? Uh, really, towards the end of the week, did you know that there was a, a lunar eclipse that, that took place? Do we have a picture of that? Yeah. We're going to put that up here, the, the lunar eclipse that took place. It was Thursday night. Actually, I, I think it was actually Friday morning. So Thursday night, moving into Friday morning. On, on Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, NOLA.com had an article say, that you can see the longest partial lunar eclipse in hundreds of years this week. So it was a long lunar eclipse. It wasn't just something that happened quickly. It was nearly total lunar eclipse is expected to happen Thursday night going into Friday morning. The moon will be so close uh, to opposite the sun on November the 19th that it will pass through the southern part of the shadow of the earth for a nearly total lunar eclipse, NASA said on their website. And this lunar eclipse lasted for like three hours. It's like the longest lunar eclipse that we were going to have in like five or 600 years, you know? And so you know where I was during that time. You know, I was out cold in bed. And, uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, this is one of those things I'm just going to have to catch up on the replay, you know, and, and see all that. But, but I thought about it. But there were other folks that got, you know, there were other folks that, that stayed out and, and, and watched it. Yeah, we got a couple of, 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 of things right here. In fact, right here in New Orleans, these are pictures that were taken right here in New Orleans of folks that actually stayed up during the night and uh, watched the eclipse. I've seen other eclipses in my, in my lifetime, whether they be lunar eclipses or solar eclipses. And, and, it, and it got me thinking, you know, the moon is out every night. Well, almost every night. You have the new moon, you know, time of it. But the moon is out almost every night. And a lot of times, you know, I'm with my, my two-year-old and, and, you know, it gets dark early now. And so there might be even sometimes that we're coming home from work, you know, and you're able, and my, my, my two-year-old will look up into the sky and she'll go, the moon, the moon, dad. And it's something that, that I'm just, I'm, it's so common to me. You know, it's, not, it's no big deal to me. I, I, you know, I've seen the moon almost every night for years and years and years. But to her, it's something that she focuses in on. It's something that, that draws her attention. And on this particular night that we have the lunar eclipse, you have people all over the world that, you know, where normally they're not thinking anything about it. But in this moment, it's drawing their attention. And it got me thinking about giving thanks and how we know that giving thanks is there kind of like the moon is there we, we know that it's there but we have these opportunities 
time, you know, once a year to be able to, to take it and to give it our focus. And, and, and I thought about that in, in a spiritual sense, how, the, how, you know, the moon, a lot of times that we want to, you know, when there's a lunar eclipse, we give it our focus. But now spiritually, we have the opportunity to give God our focus and to be thankful to him. And in the same way that someone might stand in awe of the moon, you and I are called to stand in awe of God and just pause and to give him praise and to give him thanks and to look upon him and enjoy him in that moment. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that this week. You see, Thanksgiving is so much more than having good manners. I think sometimes when we think of giving thanks, we think of having good manners, please and thank you. But giving thanks to God is so much deeper than just having good manners towards him. It's a combination of awe, wow, God. It's that combination of awe and praise and saying, God, you did that. And so if you got your notes this morning, you'll probably see in there, there's a little quote by, by Kay Arthur that I just thought was so important for us to be able to see. It says, God is in control. And therefore, in everything, I can give thanks, the good and the bad. Because a lot of times we go through tough times and we go, well, I guess I don't have to thank God for that. No, 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 no. That we give God thanks for the good and the bad. And everything I can give thanks, not because of the situation, but because of the one who directs and rules over the situation. You know, King David had all types of situations in his life. He ran for his life. There was a, a time, if, you, if you've grown up studying God's word, where, where he actually was running from King Saul. He was running from his enemies, the Philistines. He was in an enemy territory, and he actually got to a place where he had to act like he was insane. He just let the drool drip down his beard, the Bible says. I mean, this guy went through tough times. And then later on, he becomes king, and even with all the tough experiences that he had been through, they define him, and he was able to give thanks to God. And that's what we're going to be looking at today as we move in to Psalms 138. And we're just going to look at the first three verses right here. I'm going to be reading out of the, the, the Christian Standard Bible. Your Bible might look a little bit different. Don't worry, we're going to kind of pick that apart a little bit as we look at this. But I want you to see this. In Psalm 138, your Bible will probably say, of David, David, King David. David was the one who wrote this. And my version says, I'll give you thanks with all my heart. Some of your Bibles may say praise, but I'll, I'll get into that here in just a second. I will sing your praise before the heavenly beings. I'll bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your constant love and truth. You have exalted your name and your promise above everything else. On the day I called you, you answered me, and you increased strength within me. As I, as I looked into this, this passage, I just wanted to kind of hang out on these first three verses today. They're just so key and so important because I think that there's some areas of thanks. I think that we know that, that thank you is typically a verbal thing. It's an act of the heart, act of, 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 of affection. But there's some parts of it that I really want for us to look at and prioritize. That when you think of Thanksgiving, that, that I want us to take a holistic view, not just a response to God, 
but that there are key things that King David thought about as he was giving thanks. And I think that there are, that there's some key things that you and I need to prioritize. So thanksgiving priorities as we look into this passage and as we go into this week um, that our country um, celebrates as thanksgiving. And so if you got your notes this morning, I'm just going to be real brief. We got five little things that we're going to look at this morning. So if you got your notes, I want you to write this down that our hearts must prioritize God with our thanksgiving. Write this down fully. Our hearts have to prioritize God with our thanksgiving. We don't just prioritize thanksgiving, okay? You do get that. It's not just about us being thankful. There is an object of our thanksgiving. You do catch that, right? And so we are prioritizing God as the object of our thanksgiving, but we want to do that fully. If you look right here in the first part of verse 1, he says, I give you thanks with all my heart, not 50% of my heart, not 80% or even 90% of my heart. I give you thanks with all of my heart. We thank him fully. And this is interesting. Some of your Bibles may use the word praise. I praise God with all of my heart. This is fascinating. I, I, at least it's fascinating to me. I'm a, I'm, you know, a little Bible junkie, a little bit of a nerd when it come, comes to this stuff. This is the Hebrew word yada. Okay. And I, I specifically remember, um, uh, studying this word in my Hebrew classes year, years ago because it literally means to throw or to shoot. Okay, so when I, I memorized the word, because I was thinking, you die, you die, you know, if you shoot somebody, you know, you shoot them with an arrow back in those days and age. And so I, I thought about that. But why in the world would it use the word you die, something that means to throw or to shoot, to say thank you or to say praise? I praise you. Well, I'm so glad you asked. Because I, I think about when, when I was growing up, Sometimes my dad would tell me, when, specifically when it came to sports, he said, when you throw a ball or when you shoot a ball, my dad would say, Dan, here's what I want you to do. Because a lot of times I would miss. I was pretty bad at throwing. At throwing. And so a lot of times what my dad would do, is said, Dan, in order to help me, he said, I want you to draw a dotted line with your eyes, an invisible dotted line with your eyes in order to throw that ball or to shoot that ball. And then all you got to do is just follow the dotted line that you have drawn with your eyes and then just throw the ball towards you know through that line and so what what he was really saying is the object that I was throwing to had my full attention the object that I was throwing to had my full attention I was drawing a line and so David here says with all my heart with all my heart. He wasn't a drawing a dotted line to throw a ball. He was drawing a dotted line with his heart to God's heart and saying, you fully, you have my full attention. I am going in your direction, Lord. I want it to be all about you. You have my attention. You have my affection. You deserve it. You are worthy of it. But you know how often when I think that we thank God, I think that we tend to not Thank God with a full heart. And I, I, if I was completely honest, there's, a, there's many times in my life that I have thanked God with wild pitches, not focusing on him. You know, when kids are little, when they begin to pray or bless the food, we do this in my house with my little ones. You know, they start out with, with little things. You know, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. 
amen, bless the cooks, okay? I don't know if you know that last part, but that's important in our house, you know? Thank, you know, amen, bless the cooks. And so you have, the, you, you know, you have these rehearsed prayers that, that happen. As you get older, though, or maybe that you've done that a hundred times, you know, when you do it a hundred times, sometimes it, it, it's, not, it's not so much heartfelt as it is just kind of like going, going through the motions and going through, through the routine. And sometimes that can even happen in our lives where we give God wild pitches. And as you get older, you know, uh, I mean, I've never been out to eat with an adult, you know, and I said, you know what, would you mind saying grace? And they, and they started the, the, the prayer with God is great. God is good. You know, that might be a little weird, you know, if an adult did that, because there's something that happens as you grow older where it becomes more personal, where you're looking to God and when you're saying, God, you are the focus. And, and so your prayers become a little bit more personal. That's all King David is doing here. King David is saying, Lord, you've got my heart full. You are, I'm throwing towards you. You are the object of my affection. So we got that Thanksgiving is something that we do with all of our heart, not just a portion of our heart. The second thing that I want you to write down is that our hearts must prioritize God with our Thanksgiving firstly, firstly. Now, now when, when I say firstly, I don't necessarily mean the first thing that we do in the morning when we wake up. And I'm certainly not discounting that by, by any stretch of the imagination. You know, that I do think that it's important that, that first thing that we do, you know, is that we honor God with our day and with our lives. But here's, here's what I really want you to see. Look in the, the second part of verse one. It says, I'll sing your praise before the heavenly beings. Some of your Bibles may say gods, little G-O-D, gods. I will sing your praise before the heavenly beings. And, and so here's what I, I want you to see that is you, you see David and the nation of Israel at this time were surrounded by pagan nations and pagan kings and they worshiped all other little G-O-D gods, other, you know, these heaven, heavenly beings, probably demonic, you know, if anything, and so here they gave credit to, to all of these other false gods. And David says, before all the other false gods, before all these other folks that worship false gods, Lord, I put you first. I put you first. And that's the way that we want to be with our thanksgiving. Do we put God's praise and thanks first or do we give our praise and our thanks to other things in life? Do we say, oh, I'm so glad that happened rather than God made that happen? I can give you a couple of examples. Do we attribute success to our job or do we attribute success to our God? Because that job, we might treat like a false God. If we say, man, if it wasn't for this or, if, you know, if I hadn't gotten this particular job, I wouldn't be as, as successful as I am. We need to attribute those things to God. We attribute uh, maybe acceptance to a, a, a relationship. And so a lot of times that I, I talk to people and I meet people and, and a particular relationship is their false God. And they're so thankful that, you know, that they've got that relationship. And, and it's not to take away from that, but, but they're putting the bead, they're putting their, their thanks, they're putting their affection, they're putting their heart and towards that particular relationship and almost treating it like a false God or like, like an idol in their life, something that they put before God. 
Or, or do we attribute the pleasure and ease to, to things like material possessions? You know, if we say, you know, I'm so thankful for this material possession, whatever it might be, you know, I'm so thankful for that. And, and sometimes material possessions can come in and, and get put before God. Because anything in your life, anything in your life that you put first other than God is an idol. Anything that you put first other than God is an idol in your life. And we don't want to worship anything. We want God to be first and have first place in our lives. That's what Moses said with the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. And that is woven right here with King David. He weaves that first commandment right into his thanksgiving. He says, I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to attribute anything. My, my smarts, I'm not going to attribute to my subjects or my riches. Lord, I am going to give it all. I'm going to give you all the thanks and all the praise. I'm going to put you first in my life. The third thing is our hearts must prioritize God with our thanksgiving. Number three, and this is so important, write this down, in a fitting manner. In a fitting manner. Look with me in the beginning of, of verse two. This is King David. It's King David of all people. This guy is strong, man. But he says to the Lord, I'll bow down towards your holy temple and give thanks to your name. Don't miss it. He says, I bow down to your temple. This is a king. This is a king. King of a nation, king of a, of a rich nation, a nation that is thriving. You know, he, he might think to himself, I don't have to bow down to anybody. And nevertheless, he puts himself in, in, he puts himself in, in a humble manner, in the way that God wants, a fitting manner. And he says, God, even though I'm king, even though I'm king, I bow down and I do it towards your temple. He's thanking God in a fitting manner. Now, uh, during this season, the, the tabernacle would have been considered the, the, the temple at this time, and it would be stationed at a, at a little city, a little town called Shiloh at this point in history. And so he's bowing down towards that particular temple in a way that God would want God got that represented the presence of God, and so he's going to bow down towards the presence of God with a humble heart. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road. You know, Thanksgiving is coming up. Not Thanksgiving and Christmas is coming up, and this will make sense. Have you ever given someone a gift that they did not want? Okay, don't look at that person next to you, you know, if, that, if that's the case this morning. Have you ever given someone, now let me take it one step further. Okay, because we've all done that. You know, we didn't know what they wanted, so we just gave them something, right? Have you ever given someone a gift that they didn't want, but you did? Has that ever happened? You're like, man, well, if they don't use it, might fall back on me. Miss Rachel, who leads our, our children, tells me a story. Before she became our, our children's minister, she worked down in the uh, downtown. Uh, her family owns a little fishing shop. And she said, Pastor Dan, can I tell you how many times that it is Christmas Eve or maybe, you know, the day before Christmas Eve, and these men come into our fishing shop and they are frantic because they have not gotten their wives a gift, you know, and they have just waited to the very last minute. And they thought, well, she must want what I want. 
And so they'll come in and they'll look for a nice rod, a nice reel, and they'll get something, you know, they'll spend some money on it, you know? The, you know, it's not something that they're not willing to spend money. Baby, I dropped it, you know, I dropped a good bit on, on you. But they got them a gift that they didn't necessarily want. Now there's some ladies that love to fish, and so I'm not I'm not discounting that, but gave them a gift that they didn't want, but that that person that bought it, they wanted. How many times do we treat God the exact same way with our thanksgiving? How many times have we asked the question, God, how do you want me to give thanks? I know how I like it. I know how I like, you know, when people praise me and do things for me. But how many times have we asked God, Lord, how do you want this to be done? We forget so often we forget that God has passions. God has desires of his own. You know, and a lot of times they are different than ours. He likes things to be done a certain way. And so many times we go to God thinking, this is the way that I would like to be thanked or I would like to be praised. Surely you will like it too. And let's just be honest, you know, uh, it, when we do that, what has happened is we haven't, when it happens with a Christmas gift or something like that, there hasn't been much thought and there's a little bit of laziness that's involved in that. And so I want our hearts to be convicted this morning as we go into Thanksgiving and say, Lord, I want to put thought into my Thanksgiving. I want, I want it to be done in a way that you like. I don't want to be lazy with my thanksgiving towards you because you are the greatest thing in my life. And so you say, well, well, how does that happen? I mean, it's how you weave thanksgiving into everything. I mentioned it before our time of prayer here at the altar, Philippians 4, verse 6. I'm going to put it up here on the screen so that you can actually see how God weaves thanksgiving, how he wants it into everything. You can see it right here, just as I mentioned earlier. Don't be anxious about anything. Everything by prayer and supplication. I know about that. I know about praying. I know about giving my heart to the Lord and asking him to intervene in different situations. But then it says, with thanksgiving. Do you see that? It could have glossed over that. It could have said everything by prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known to God. But it doesn't do that. It pauses and God says, I want thanksgiving to be involved in everything. And King David did that. And he took it to the next level. He says, I'm going to bow down because I know that's what you like, God. I know that's the way that you want me is to have a reverent heart in fear and respect of you. How does God want to be praised and thanked? He wants it to be done in a fitting manner. The fourth thing that I want you to write down this morning is our hearts must prioritize God with our thanksgiving famously. Famously, okay? Let me tell you what I'm talking about this morning with giving God glory and giving him fame. Look at the second part. What we saw here in verse two, it talks about that he's gonna bow down and give thanks, look at this, to your name, Okay, so he says, give thanks to your name. Now look at the second part of verse two. It says, for your constant love and truth, your constant love and truth, you have exalted your name and your promise above everything else. So he says, I'm gonna give thanks to your name. I'm gonna do that. But then he says, you have a priority here. 
And your priority, God, is to exalt your own name. Now, he wants us to exalt his name, but don't miss it. It's also his priority to exalt his own name, to make his name famous. That's what we're talking about. When you give glory to God, when you draw attention to God, God loves it. That is his top priority is, is to be famous in all the earth. So when you thank God, you have to realize that his top priority, God's top priority is his own glory and honor. Yes, he loves us. Yes, he cares about us deeply, but his top priority as God is to exalt his name above everything else. And I can just tell you how this, this works in my own life. You know, the more I read the New Testament, the more I read the New Testament, the more I go back and I, I study the miracles of Jesus. I study the miracles of Jesus. I preach on the miracles of Jesus tons of times. And here's what I want you to hear. Listen to me. Yes, he has compassion on those that are lame and sick. And yes, he does care about the blind and he cares about the hunger of the crowds. But the ultimate reason, listen to me, that Jesus worked miracles was to show the world that he was who he said he was, the powerful son of God. Yes, he had compassion. Yes, that's why he did some of those incredible miracles. But there was a higher purpose to show that he was God and to draw attention to his name. In fact, can I just mess your world up? Can I just mess your world up this morning? In fact, Jesus died on the cross Yes, because he loves you and he loves me. He loves us deeply. He loves us dearly. But he did it, his top priority, he did it in order that he might be lifted high and exalted. That the attention might be put on him. I'll, I'll prove it to you, okay? Got a couple of slides that we're gonna put up here on the, on the screen. We've been looking at some things from Philippians. And so I want us to see in Philippians 2, verse six, I'll just kind of give you some context here. Look up here on the screen. It talks about Jesus, okay? And his attitude. It's really talking about his attitude here, but it talks about Jesus. It says, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used at his own advantage. In other words, it's talking about Jesus was God, Okay? But when he walked the earth during that season of, of 33 years, he didn't, he didn't just blow himself up. Remember when he was getting ready to uh, be uh, arrested? He, he looks at his disciples who were trying to fight, you know, those that are coming to arrest him. And he said, do you not think that I could call legions upon legions of angels and take care of this right here, right now? See, he kind of, he, he knew that he was God, but he didn't use it to his own advantage because he had a different purpose. That's what it's talking about here, okay? And then verse seven, it says, rather he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, don't miss it. Even though it's talked about humility, even though it's talked about being taking the role of a servant, I'm going to put all the verses right up here at one time in verses 9 through 11, okay? It says this, don't miss this. Don't miss the purpose of the cross. Therefore, God exalted him. This is when after his ascension, 
Okay, after his ascension, he goes to heaven. God exalts him. God the Father exalts him to the highest place and gave him a name. Don't miss it. Do you see the exaltation here? That is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the, are you ready? Here it is, to the glory of God the Father. Even Jesus, yes, he loves you. Yes, he wants to take away your sin. Yes, he wants to wash all of those things away. Yes, he wants to, to, to take your path and set it, set it straight and, and to be able to transform you from your past. But there is an even higher reason, and that is the glory of God. It's all about his glory and his fame. Even the crucifixion was primarily about Christ being exalted. And I just want to mess you up this morning. When I was growing up, I would hear preachers say, sometimes it'd be in revivals or sometimes, and, and it just didn't click with me. I, I, you know, I've, I've studied the Bible my whole life, but they would say something like this. It says, if you were the only one on earth, he would have died for you. Have you ever heard that? I've heard that so many times growing up. If you were the only person, then he would have died for you. Well, first of all, if you were the only person, you would have been the person to crucify him, okay? So there's that. But then I, I want us to, to consider what that means. Well, what about all the people that came between the time of Moses and came between the time of Jesus? I mean, there's plenty of people on the earth that, that he didn't die, you know, die for in that, in that season. We're on the other side of the cross. I mean, David himself who wrote the passage that we're studying today. David was a man after God's own heart, and Jesus waited 1,000 years after he died before he sacrificed himself on the cross. So I'm not convinced when someone says, if you were the only one, da-da-da-da-da. I'm not convinced of that. In light of that, though, that's how God wants to be thanked because his top priority is his glory, his fame, to be exalted. And David recognizes that. He says, you have exalted your name and your promise above everything else. Do you see it? And so for us, when we give thanks, it's not just saying, God, you are the attention, you're my focus. God, you're, you're everything. And, and he wants us to tell others of his fame and to exalt him in our conversations. That's what this is talking about. And then there's one final thing that I want to mention before we close our time together, and that our hearts must prioritize God with thanksgiving, not forgetting, not forgetting. How many times do we forget? We're not going to go over the, the, the story, but I read it in my quiet time a couple of weeks ago uh, in the book of Luke where you had the 10 lepers all of them, They're Jews, Gentiles, there was, a, there was a social rift between them, but they all had leprosy. And they all went to Jesus wanting to be cleansed of their leprosy. There was no cure at the time. You had it for the rest of life. It isolated you from your family. You couldn't spend time around your family because you might infect them. And so it wasn't just something that you had to get over and then you could come back. But these 10 men who had leprosy, they went to Jesus he said, we'll never see our families again. Would you heal us? And sure enough, he does. And so he heals them. He says, go show yourself to, to the priest. There was one in particular who was a Samaritan, very isolated from society. He, he takes a few steps, and then he realizes, I need to say thank you. And he turns around, 
and he goes to Jesus. And Jesus says, where are all the others? All the others, I, I gotta put myself in their shoes, to be honest with you. If I had just been healed and I hadn't seen my family in years, I mean, I would be taking off. But this one Samaritan turns around and he says, before, I'm so excited, but before I turn around and show myself to the priest and before I go see my family, thank you. I'm not gonna forget and man, we think and we see how, how Jesus honored him. Look right here and how what King David does in verse three. King David in verse three says, On the day I called, you answered me, and you increased strength within me. Notice he doesn't say today when I called. He said on the day that I called. He's looking to the past. He's looking to, to what has happened. He is remembering back. I called out, you answered me, and you increased my strength. Now, how can we apply this to our lives? You know, I have a practice that I do every time I lose something. Do you? You lose your keys. You lose your keys in your house. Sometimes your kids lose your keys for you. I'm not kidding. I have lost my keys and found them in the refrigerator. I've lost my keys and I found them in a shoe, okay? So there, there's that, you know, from time to time that, you know, kids might take them. But I have a routine. I have a routine of whenever I lose something, you know, and, and it's something that, that I've done for years and years. If I've set my keys or I've set my phone down and I forget where I've put them, here's what I do. I go back to the last place I remember having them. Do you do this too? I go, man, I can't remember anywhere. I can't find them. I go back to the last place I remember having them. I remember that I came home and then, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I, I did something real quick. I go back to that place. I had it with me then and I go back to the spot and I, and almost every single time, not every time, but almost every single time, if I dig under something, if I go back to that spot where I last remembered having them, there they are. The same is true with our Thanksgiving. Have you ever felt lost in life? You ever felt lost in life? Have you ever felt frazzled in life? Have you ever felt like you've messed up so bad that you can't show your face or that you can't, you know, move forward, you just feel paralyzed? Don't forget, that's what I'm here to tell you, don't forget when it comes to your Thanksgiving, remember back to the last place you and Jesus were together. Go back to the last place. David did, right here in verse three. He went back in the day, he says, in the day that I called, you answered me. He's going back in his mind. He's going back to the last place. David did it. And stop and thank God for the way that he answered you and that he gave you strength. There are two significant times in my life. There's all different times where God has shown up, where I've been on my knees and that he has shown up, but there's two significant times that I go back to in my life. Number one was when I was 12 years old and a, a high school English teacher shared the gospel with me and a couple others, but shared the gospel and I realized that I was a sinner. I realized that I was the problem and that's when I confessed my sins to God and I gave my life to him. And, I, and I'm so thankful that God put that woman in my life at that day, at that time. And I'll never forget when Jesus came into my heart, took my sins away, put his Holy Spirit inside of me and gave me a home in heaven and a relationship with him. I mean, I can go back. I can go back to it so well. You know how I was talking about the keys and the phone and all that kind of stuff? I can go back. If I close my eyes, I can still see the room. I couldn't tell you where it was. I can't even actually tell you what day it was, 
But I can go back, I can still see the room. There's a second time in my life, and that's when I was 18. And for two years, I ran from God. I ran from God. I was angry at God. I was angry at the church and things like that. Some of y'all may know what that feels like, being angry at the church. Some of y'all watching online might know exactly what that feels like. And there was a moment that, that a guy took me under his arm, and we talked for about three hours, and I walked out of that office with the biggest burden off my shoulders. I can still see the office. I can still see the pain on the wall. It is that significant in my life. And I go back to those times amongst others and I say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. If you ever feel lost in life, don't forget. Don't forget. Go back to those times in your life that He manifested Himself to you. And just like David, you can say, thanks God, for in that day, you gave me strength and you saved my soul. Now here's the question for you. Has that moment taken place for you? Has that taken place for you? Or are you gonna remember this moment at this day, at, at this time and this hour, that Jesus Christ changed your life? life. Have you had that moment? Maybe today is your day. Maybe this is your hour for him to transform you.